Hey, how you doing? It's Clayton here from HowToDrawComics.net, and welcome to the HTDC Podcast. In this week's episode, we're joined by co-host Rick Bulow and special guest artist Vince Rodriguez. If you've seen Vince's artwork before, you already know that it's draw-droppingly good and speaks to the time and commitment he's put into to developing an elite skill set. Today, we're here to talk with him about how he harnessed his abilities, what drove him to keep pushing the envelope with his work, and where he hopes to take it into the future. There's no doubt in my mind that this episode is going to be one of our most value-packed numbers yet, so let's jump straight in here. Rick, thanks for joining us once again, and Vince, thanks so much for being here. It's great to finally have you on the show. Thank you, gentlemen. I'm, I'm, I'm honored, and uh, it's a real pleasure to be here with you. Awesome. And uh, Rick, how are you doing today? I'm doing really good. I've, I, I've been waiting for this ever since we started talking about people we wanted to eventually come in this podcast. So I'm, you know, you know, I'm excited, Clayton. Oh yeah, Vince has been on the list for a while, for a yeah, while. Yeah, totally. So uh, Vince, wow. why don't you tell us for those out there who haven't seen your work, and if you haven't seen Vince's work, you know, look Google search Vince Rodriguez find his portfolio it'll be somewhere online you got to check out his stuff because it is it's inspiring to look at to say the least you know both his inked work and his realistically rendered digital painting it's amazing so what i'd like to ask you uh vince is for, for those who don't know about your work or what you do would you like to tell us a little bit where it all began for you and and what it is you use your artwork for in your career that, today well, uh, well, if you want me to go as far back as my childhood, uh, I'll, I'll make it brief. Uh, <laughs> well, have you been inspired <laughs> to do art where, since you were a child? Were you doing yes, art ever it, since? Yes, actually, that's when it began. Wow. Yeah. Uh, my dad, when I was three years old, would draw airplanes for me. On a, I, we used to live in Cuba. I came from Cuba at about the age of uh, almost five. And over there, you know how the situation is. It's, it's pretty bad. Uh, we... We didn't have paper that often, so they'd have to break a, a, a piece of a, a bag, that's, you know, a paper bag, open it up and give me a pen and I would start drawing. So I would ask my dad, hey, draw me some airplanes. And I would see that and, and I would, you know, I would love that. So mm -hmm. I'd sit down and, and draw. And I was doing it ever since. I just, you know, doodle. I remember my mom telling me about an astronaut I drew. That was back in like 1968. Wow. And she couldn't figure out how I did that because I didn't know what they were. And I think we hadn't even gone to the moon yet. So she sent it to my uncle over here in the States, and he lost it. So I, w I wish I could have had that. But I kept drawing. And, you know, after coming here, I was in school. and But when I was about six years old, a friend of mine had a comic book. And mm. I saw it was Captain America. And... It had an ad in there for Son of Origins of Marvel Comics, and yeah. I, had, I had seen the thing, and it really caught my attention, and, and he told me who the character was. I go, who's this orange rock guy? What is, you know, what is this? And I didn't realize at the time that it was Jack Kirby, and that being my biggest influence, uh, I didn't know that later on I'd uh, come across him, and he'd have such a huge impact on my uh, wanting to draw uh, that I yeah. began collecting comics and just pouring over his work yeah. and then I, you know along the way I discovered other artists and stuff like that like John Buscema 
And uh, then later came Richard Corbin, wh which was another step up for me. Because I'd never seen comics done in a 3D format, you know, a three-dimensional format. Yeah. Very modeled. Uh, I found his work incredibly impressive. And he was the first artist I've seen in comics using an airbrush. Uh, that got me to experimenting with the airbrush. I went out and I bought one and, uh, and also applied myself to doing painting because my, up until junior high, all I would work with was, uh, just pencils, markers, and maybe some watercolor. But I'd never, and then I, you know, with that I delved into acrylics and stuff like that. So it was, uh, it was something that I would never rest with I just keep pouring over books and just I would spend endless hours sketching and throwing away you know drawings that didn't if they didn't meet my criteria they they go out they into the trash into the trash can mm. uh, I love and that, then it Vince. continued through high school you know <laughs> that's super cool yeah I'm, I'm very persistent very persistent and very perfectionist uh, in my approach it had to look a certain way or or, or it wasn't acceptable yeah. I think that's, that's what helped me, huh? That sounds familiar, but go on. <laughs> and then uh, in high school, I continued. Uh, they offered me a, uh, uh, you know, to go to college with lots of credits uh, given to me. And I, I kind of, I turned it down. Because I didn't want to have to pursue art and then at the same time focus on, on academics like, you know, uh, math and, and, and things like that. It would have been great to get into art history and all that. But I saw it as a distraction to have to do math. I go, well, I have a talent. Uh, you know, I need to use it. I need to exploit it. This is what I'm going to focus on. That's what I wanted to be. And... I uh, I figured that get, I wasn't going to need trig trig functions or anything <laughs> of that sort of mathematics. I mean, what, you know, if I'm going to be an artist, what am I going to need that for? And uh, so then I uh, I graduated high school and went straight into the the field. Mm -hmm. I um I began doing furniture design. Wow, cool. And I had yeah I had taken a little bit of architectural drawing and mechanical drawing in high school. Uh, so I, I started, a friend of mine got me into a, a furniture company and I began doing furniture designs for them. And I, was, I would use uh, technical pens, you know, like rapidographs and markers. Mm -hmm. Then after that, I was in there for a little, about, about a year. Then I jumped into t-shirt design. Uh, I wanted to do comics, but I wasn't, I didn't see myself in New York, you know. Yeah. <laughs> That's probably why I never became a comic book artist uh, in the end. Yeah. I had a lot to to that I wanted to contribute. There's so many ideas, and and I, another thing that I focused on a lot was speed, uh, because I always read about Jack Kirby turning out this these inhuman amounts of pages per day. It was things like ten to twelve pages. That's that's incredible. Wow, is that how many he put out a day? Yeah, yeah, around yeah, that. Yeah. yeah, I remember. I remember. I remember. Yeah. It's insane. Yeah, I mean, I I couldn't imagine. But the, the thing about Kirby is he developed a, a type of shorthand uh, to 
to get his work, you know, to get his work, uh, you know, executed in, in, a, in a much greater speed. But he he was just out there. Kirby was just he was uh, like Gil Kane put it. He was a phenomenon, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so between my biggest focus was Kirby and Corbin. I had those two that I focused most on, and and that's what kind of molded me. So I I figured, well, I can't go to New York. The next closest thing I have to drawing comics is T-shirts. And the T-shirt industry down here was was pretty big. So uh, I hooked up with one that was contracted by Disney. They were the biggest in in Florida. And uh, I started working through them. I made a lot of money uh, because they sent me a lot of work, and they paid me really well. For right. somebody who just kind of came out of high school, I was making like about nine hundred a week. That was wow. crazy. <laughs> well, holy, nine hundred U.S. dollars a week. Yeah, but it had its seasons, so it died down a little bit, and then I had to, uh, you know, go through other venues of t-shirt companies and things like that. Mm. Uh, but I stayed there for a few years. You know, yeah. were you gonna ask me something? Um, yeah, I was going to ask you actually, Vince, because I remember there was this time when I was going to high school as well, where I had to really sit down and think what I was going to use my artistic abilities for. And like you, I loved comics. Like I grew up with, um, I think my first comic book was The Phantom, right? So because it was the only yeah. one really that uh, I could afford or my parents could afford to get me. Um, you could get it from the newsagent for like two bucks. It was nothing. But um, I remember that really inspired me, and when I was younger, I was drawing the Phantom, and I was drawing this and that, and I really loved comic books, especially when the image comic books started uh, coming around. Although I only jumped on afterwards, you know, I'd find old image comics at like the mar- the local markets and that kind of thing. But I loved the artwork and that, and I wanted to do exactly what I was seeing in those books. But I remember there was this kind of, and I guess every artist reaches this point where they decide whether they're going to have quote-unquote a real career or they're going to be an artist and for me it was a struggle because I just for some reason comics felt to me like not a realistic option and I'm wondering if that's somewhat how you felt as well and one of the reasons possibly why you did start going down more commercial avenues such as t-shirt design and uh and i'm sure you'll talk about it in a little bit but storyboards and that kind of thing Mm -hmm. well yeah i wanted to pursue comics but like i told you new york um new york wasn't uh having the idea of going up to new york wasn't something that i could uh deal with at the moment and i Mm. and i knew new york was a very fast uh, paced uh state or city yeah, I, I, and I'm a very laid-back kind of guy. I mean, I live down here in the tropics, and it's it's uh, you know it's a, it's a totally different lifestyle. So I I didn't think I could or I would want to be part of that. Uh, I figured if there was only a way I could get my work up there uh, through the mail or something. But apparently they were starting to use that method at that time, but I wasn't aware of it. I had no connection with the comic book industry. Yeah. Okay. So in so, your mind, you were like, "Look, if I, I've got to do comics, I'm going to have to go to New York." And I guess back then, remotely working wouldn't have been, you know, that much of an optimized process at that point. You know, using mail and that kind of stuff, as optimized as it is yeah. now, anyway. Yeah. So th- it's like you say. I 
I then focused on whatever I could get down here. I was doing whatever type of illustration work I could get, you know, and I worked all the time. Most of my life I've worked freelance. There's been very few times that, you know, when the economy takes a little bit of a dip, uh, I'd have to go work full-time for uh, an agency or uh, in, in the T-shirt companies, you know, I, I only worked for maybe two, uh, but it was short-lived. It, you know, it, it was short moments because when I... I never liked working for anyone full time, you know, mm -hmm. uh, just for myself. It's it's in my blood. It's always been that way. I know the feeling. And yeah, <laughs> so I I did everything I could uh, to to stay that way. Um, then after the t-shirt, the t-shirts was an, an interesting experience because I learned to do color separations and uh, how the whole process went about. I worked mostly in the art departments. I would do the designs and then go burn the the film, which would later be taken to the screens. And, you know, I'd separate the colors. And I hated doing color separations because you had to cut it by hand. So, mm. oh. you know, it's another notch under my belt. It's not like today. It's real easy, you know, with the computer and everything. You had to cut each color separately. And then you take it to the dark room and pass it through all the developing stages. So, um... That went up to a point. Then in uh, in '98, back in '98, I, I I hooked up with a a good friend of mine from high school who was in an agency. His name is Rick Porvin, and uh, he was a he's a great artist, a super intelligent guy, and he was a, an uh, an art director in one of these agencies. And he told me, "Hey Vince, you know, we're filming some TV commercials. Why don't you do some storyboards for?" I well, I've never done it. Let me give it a shot. So now that was a step closer to comics, you see, because yeah. mm -hmm. storyboards are kind of a, like a comic book in itself, uh, you know, in that you have to, uh, uh, you know, tell uh, in steps what's going on. It's basically communication. Yeah, and, absolutely. And um, it grew from there. I started uh, contacting other agencies because I figured, well, you know. And it paid well, too. So I go, well, let me see if there's, you know, all the other agencies that do TV commercials. And I started getting into that. But I, in the process of all this, the great thing about my being uh, on my own is that I had to learn to uh, to promote myself. Yeah. You see? I, I had to... I had to be my my advertiser. I had to be my spokesman. I had to do my uh, my income taxes and uh, my financial part. I had to hustle, you know, move around a lot in the city. Uh, so, you know, and you had to develop uh, a way to communicate with people that you can, you know, that they'll like you. Because some artists are, 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 you know, don't like that aspect. Of, of doing freelance and I can understand it's it's it, it puts a lot of pressure on the artist you know yeah big time I mean we're all introverts after all aren't we most of the time pretty much <laughs> I, I'm one myself uh, but yeah. when it came to uh, to to doing this I, I figured because I, I was very shy and yeah. another thing that a lot of us artists suffer from is that when, when a client tells us well you know I don't like that I, let's change it well, you know, that's like you're insulting us, uh, basically, because that's our baby, right? Mm -hmm. But I learned along the way to separate myself between personal work 
and commercial work. I figured, okay, and this is for you freelancers out there or people that want to, you know, start that. Separate yourself from the commercial work. Don't yeah. put your feelings into the commercial work, and I don't mean to put in, not put in your feelings of, of wanting to do a good job. Don't put in your personal feelings because they'll get in the way. My face used to change in front of the client, and that's not good. So I, I learned to dominate that. I, I realized it quickly, and I go, okay, I have to change this. And uh, I got to the point where I'm like, what do you need? That was my attitude. I want to help you. What do you need me to do? And no matter how many changes came, and it became second nature. Whatever they needed, I was there to, uh, because they're paying you. We have to realize they're paying us their money to get their work done. So we have to do it their way and try to communicate what they want. And that's very important. That's a, it's one of the major uh, things that an artist should worry about is service to the client. You know? Yeah, big and time. So I built up on that. I built up on that. Yeah, and, absolutely. Uh, I mean, it's it's really, I think that you couldn't be more right about that, Vince, because at the end of the day, if we're working for a client, what we're creating for them is a product. And, yes. you know, if you're not happy with a product, what do you normally do? You ask for your money back, right? Um, so you want to try to make the product that you're creating for that client as satisfactory as possible. You want to exceed their expectations and, and beyond so that they recommend you. And no doubt you've experienced that with your storyboarding because, you know, it's funny in the art world and in all these different industries, it's almost like it's this giant expanse, right, where there's a sea of opportunity. But really, in the end, what I've found anyway, and in a city which is as large as Melbourne in Australia here, um, and even online, the community seems to be very well connected. So everybody, so reputation yeah. matters a lot, which means you know, on the positive side, if you do a really great job, you're going to be recommended to other people and you know that snowball is going to get bigger and bigger and you'll begin to gain momentum but that can also go in the opposite direction where if you do a bad job for somebody then you'll start to generate for yourself a negative reputation which may lead to a place where you find it very difficult to get additional work and I'm sure that's been true for you as well Vince. Oh you can bank on that one yeah. Uh, the um what do you call it? Are you guys there? Yep, yep. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. No, because I heard some static there for a second, and <laughs> I thought I'd lost you guys. But anyway, um, yeah, the, the, the thing with that is, like, a good example of it, uh, on the positive side, um, mm. I got to the point uh, where I was doing really well with the storyboarding. I was focusing completely on that, and... Um, then 9-11 came about, so the mm -hmm. economy was like stagnant, and it went on for a bit. So at that time, I had to be, I, I thanks again to my friend Rick, uh, I managed to get a job with a company uh, uh, drawing up inventions. It was one of these invention companies. That's so cool. And uh, so basically people would send in their ideas, and we'd draw up a portfolio for them of what it would look like and what it, done, what it, what it would do. And... Uh, I stayed there for those three years, and then when I came, the, the company closed down for for certain reasons, and when I was back on the field, I was on my own again. I was like, okay, how do I do this? Because I lost, you lose traction, right? Mm. 
in that small amount of time I, that I had gone out, uh, I had lost clients because they don't hear from you anymore. Yeah. So I figured, okay, now I have to reconnect with everybody. How do I do this? I mean, yeah, it's simple to pick up the phone, but, you know, you within that time, agencies close and open so often that yeah. you may be dealing with a whole new group of people. And uh, so I figured, well, I'll tackle it again. I opened up uh, the phone book, which was still around back then, mm -hmm. and uh, <laughs> and just went down the list, calling and calling. And, and I made... I I, uh, I wrote some you know an introduction of myself down of what I do, and one by one I would call everyone. Until I decided I was calling agencies. Agencies become a little more difficult to get through. Sometimes the directors don't have time, but somehow I managed to call. I don't know why I decided to call production company. I go let me mm. try this. I never tried this before. I got through. A couple of producers heard about me and saw what I did because they called me for a job. And then my name spread like wildfire. Wow. Uh, one of, and, and that's what does it sometimes, too. They like your work. They saw my speed and the quality, and they were very impressed. They recommended me to a bunch of people right away. And then before I knew it, I gained traction again. And I was doing, thankfully, I was doing fantastic. Yeah. And uh, I, I, within that, I, I, you know, they recommended me to agencies as well. So it kept growing and growing. I got, I got the word of mouth spread so fast uh, that I was inundated with work. I couldn't keep up. Uh, I got to a point where it started to affect my nerves because I wanted to keep up with everybody. I wanted to come through for every client. Uh, sometimes I was working on two projects and a third client would call. And I'll tell them, don't worry, I'll get it for you. Because they were like in a real bind. And I'd stop everything and do that for them. Out it went, and then I had to quickly jump back on what I was doing. So it's let me tell you, it's a very hair-raising field uh, for those who don't have the experience, because it's it's very nerve-wracking. Mm, Between having to go out and meet with the clients and dealing with everything, and then coming back home quickly to to get the boards out, because the the time window, the time frame they give you is very short. It could be from three days, and if you're lucky, a week. To, to pump out the boards. Now, if, if it's only like five or ten frames, that's no big deal. And you can do that maybe in a day or two. Uh, you can probably do maybe 10 to 12 frames a day. But I had to do 125 frames in about one day. Wow. I had to sit there until from 6 in the morning till about 9 o'clock the, the following day. Whoa. Uh, so you walk, worked to, for what, almost 24 hours. Yeah. And when I finished Damn. it, I mean, the, 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 I had a chunk of change coming in, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah. But it, it's really, it, it's draining. It's very draining. I mean, I just think about it right now. And, you feel drained. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I can, I, can, I can remember back when I still didn't, when I still thought I needed more, more practice. I could, I could do 18 hours of just drawing yeah. and that really yeah and uh, and painting and that really got to me in the end as well so and then i got and then so, and my, my daughter came, came and become became part of my life and that not saying bad, anything bad about being a parent but that's that's a whole nother level of stress combined yes. with ha having to freelance 
So I know I know the feeling of just feeling stressed out 24/7 always, but you you got to keep pushing it because you got to you got to make a living and now you got a family to feed. Yeah, well, I I got to the point where I started, you know, getting panic attacks because just they would call me with the 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 boards and I'm thinking that I wasn't going to be able to do it on time and I started freaking out. And uh, it's a really bad feeling, trust me. Yeah. This is starting to take too much of a toll. So I had to step back. I, okay, I have to, I'm going to have to schedule myself more appropriately so I can, because if not, I'll go off the deep end. And I don't want to do that, mm. uh, obviously. But, uh, you know, I managed to get the beast under control and, and then everything else came in a lot smoother uh, once I did that. It's been a lot. It's been great since. You know. So, how did that affect your work-life balance, Vince? I mean, that that must have been very taxing on, like, you you know, your relationships with your your friends and partners, and even having free time to yourself to just unwind. I mean, that must have been crazy. Well, the the good side of that is that, well, yeah, but if if the thing is, it wasn't seven days a week. You'd work yes. maybe five and you get two days off. Sometimes you work three days and then you get a week or a week and a half off, uh, you know. Mm. But it's just that that short amount of time is so taxing. But sometimes it would be one after the other. And it would go on for about three months nonstop, you know. Wow. Uh, I found that extremely taxing. and But once, once I schedule, that's... It's very important to schedule yourself, and I tried not to let uh, one job get too much in the way of another. I, I could handle maybe two at once, having the right amount of frames each, and that mm -hmm. would be no issue. But I just wouldn't let it clutter up the way it used to. Uh, but it did it did uh, help me uh, financially and, and everything. It was uh, <laughs> it was a great experience, you know. That's um, great. And. The, the great thing about the production side, production is probably the most hectic one. Uh, agencies tend to be a little more relaxed with their time frames. And, um, but on the production side, it was great because I got to meet a lot of great directors and, and people that, you know, it, what helped me a lot was the fact that I, I wanted to be a film director. So I was really into movies. And I knew about, you know, the angles and and things like that. So between the mixture of wanting to be a movie director and, you know, I got into the aspects of, of, of filming and things like that. I, uh, between that and comics, that mix helped me really communicate the boards in such a way that the directors would love it because when they would speak to me about certain shots or dollies or, or if they were going to use cranes in the shot, I knew everything the way it was supposed to look. And they, they would tell me that. They'd go, look, we appreciate not only your great service, because that's the number one thing you got is service. And number two is that you know what we're talking about. You know the lingo. You know what we want. Sometimes they would just send me a script. I didn't even have to sit down with them. That's, that's how much confidence they had in me. Sometimes the directors themselves would ask me uh, what I thought should be done. I'm like, look at that. The director asking me? That's cool. <laughs> but... You know, it, it was it was a great feeling. And I also got to hook up with a, a few big names. Uh, one of them, I don't know, I, you gentlemen may have not heard from him, but 
he was big in the TV commercial industry at the time. He was probably one of the he was the number one director. Uh, his name was Steve Beck. He he directed uh, Ghost Ship and Thirteen Ghosts. Cool. In Hollywood. Plus, he worked in Industrial Light and Magic. Uh, with uh, he was a special effects uh, art director for Indiana Jones and oh. The Abyss. So he worked with James Cameron as well. Oh, I love that. That's so cool. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. So. He, he and I developed a, a great working relationship. He really liked my work. He would even call me from California uh, to, uh, to do boards for him because he, he trusted my work that much. And uh, I also worked with, um, oh, I forgot the name of his director. He's one of the brothers, the ones who did the Book of Eli. You guys know that movie? Mm, yeah, I know the movie. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, yeah, I know. Oh yeah, that was a book of Eli. That's uh, Denzel Washington, right? Yeah. Uh, right, one, yeah. It's actually, well, it was actually one of my favorites when it came out because I love the story so much. But isn't it? Isn't well, that I, the? I Yank, hope... Isn't that the Yankowski's, huh? Yank, Yankowski brothers or something like that? No, no, that was. Um, oh. Uh, I never mind. An American gentleman. Yeah. Uh, uh, I, uh, well, you guys can look. I forgot their name, but one of the brothers is the one that I was uh, involved in a commercial for Gatorade, and um, I also worked with um, Ray K, who was he's a he's a really big uh, director in in the music uh, music videos. He did all the uh, Britney Spears and a lot of these videos. <laughs> That's uh, awesome. Real big names. Uh, wow. So when I you know, one of these producers told me, hey, you got to meet up with this gentleman named Ray Kay. I go, well, I've never heard of this guy. So I went there and, and I told him, so what, uh, you know, what have you worked on? He goes, you never heard of me? I don't know. He goes, well, this, this, uh, and he showed me the list and I was like, I was completely blown away. And uh, he goes, hey, if you can, check out the music video awards that are going to be coming on uh, tomorrow. Uh, my Britney Spears video is going to be there. I think it may, it may get Video of the Year award. And lo and behold, it did. So <laughs> that was uh, that was a real uh, honor to uh, have worked with him. And, yeah. Wow. Uh, yeah. So I I've worked with a few. I've also worked with uh, Rhythm and Hughes, the ones who did the the uh, special effects for the Hulk, the first Hulk movie. Oh, cool. And yeah, and a lot of the animations that came out at the time. Um, yeah. And uh, I also through them, I, I did I did a them and Steve Beck. I did a job for Ferrari, which was really big. It was for, um, I think it was uh, it's going to be a movie uh, like a long movie type commercial that was going to be done in in Dubai. And right. uh, that that contained about a hundred and a hundred and thirty or sixty frames that I had to do for that guy. That's super cool. Uh, so that was, that was so you've been uh, so so you've been around and worked you've been around and worked with some uh, some high uh, some uh, real, uh, some semi high, uh, high and famous names in the in the industry by what you're saying and that's just that's just a little wow to me that you can go that way as well and still be still be as in some way 
do so much and still be in some way as unknown as you seem to be because many many people sadly don't don't see beyond what they see in front of them and if you if you understand my feeling that you don't get not you don't get not noticed as much as those that in the week uh, that does the music videos for example or the directors of eli has that has that ever bothered you to be a person that does a lot of the work but is put so much in the back that you don't get some of that quote-unquote fame not in the least i i'm not a person who likes to attract uh attention to himself in that way i mean i want to be known by professionals in the industry and i and i and if it were comics i would love to be known by the fans okay i i can take that there i'd i'd, I'd love that because i like any artist i, I enjoy uh you know when fans like my work and and you know they they appreciate it and things like that that part i like uh but in this field i mean uh, as far as the, the, in the storyboards being behind the scenes i was going to mention that to you guys i've been unknown i'm completely unknown in comics i i've very very little uh experience because i've only done a few indies for for some independent uh publishers and, and that's gone completely unknown i wanted to be known in in the comic book field i mean that's that's how you get work right mm. <laughs> but mm. But in, in this aspect of the field, which is very commercial, no, I don't. I don't mind being behind the scenes, and uh, because I'm just there to, to do a job. I just the important thing for me is is it ha- always was uh, coming through for the client. Uh, you know, did I do a good job? Are they impressed with with the service that I gave them? Yes, fantastic. That's that was my goal in the first place, because that, that's how and, you get the work. And that's the and that's the right. Uh, right mindset to have in my opinion as well i was just i was just asking in order to 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 make the listeners uh, listeners perhaps get a feel of what mindset to have in uh, depending on what what business you're gonna want to strive in because as you say when you're in the comic business you need the mindset that that you really want to get noticed because if you don't get noticed you don't earn money but in the other aspect, with the with the with what you're working in, it doesn't really matter as long as then then it's just one client you work for after all. Yeah, uh, you want to you want to make a living. I think that should be priority number one, and and the way to stay doing that is to keep your clients happy. Uh, if not, uh, you know, then just do it as a hobby and get a full time job doing something else. Mm-hmm. That's basically what it boils down to, because if if you take your art that personally, in the sense that, you know, you're not there for the client, even in comics, uh, yep. I, I would imagine it's the same. Then you're not going to be receiving work. I, I think somebody mentioned, uh, I think it was Monty, mm-hmm. in in the broadcast you guys had with him, that what what the the client wants is for you to get those pages in on time. Mm. And it's the same way for storyboards. They want you to have those boards there on time. It doesn't have to be these beautiful boards, you know. Uh, they do want a quality product, uh, of course. But you have to somehow uh, tailor your drawing to meet certain deadlines. 
And I, I think it probably applies the same in comics because we want to sit down and do these beautiful pages and things like that, but there is a deadline to be met. And if you get stalled on that, then you're going to look bad in the end, no matter how nice your work looks. Yeah, big time. Exactly. Me and Clayton, funnily enough, just before you joined us, me and Clayton actually talked about that, about how we saw that comparing to what we see in the How to Draw Comics book with these exceptional artists and skill levels they show, and then we can go to Marvel Comics and see and find comics that's not even close to being as good as what we see mm. in the group. And and we wonder why why are they have getting those jobs when people are, people are obviously better, but it, that's all as you said. It all depends on how fast they can do it. Because some of well, these I've... artists, some of these artists works on a bi on a on a bi monthly or bi weekly even sometimes a deadline. Yeah, I mean. I, I agree. I mean, I thought the same myself. Uh, you know, why is it that, how did these guys uh, manage to, you know, get into the field here and their work isn't exactly that great <laughs> uh, and you feel you can deliver a better job, but you have to really analyze what's behind it all. But uh, also remember that there's also a lot of politics involved in comics. That's my impression and I, I think I've seen a lot of things to uh, to point me in that direction that uh, it's it's not it, it can be politics it could be that you are at the right place at the right time or uh, it's who you know and which comes back to politics so well that uh, that that goes for every kind of business doesn't it when it, when we break right. if we break if we break it down like that so it's no surprise that it also happens in comics yes exactly mm. but, but but what I'm curious about here, Vince, is we, we recently spoke about this in, in a recent podcast and we've it's also been up to debate in the group by, by many people about jumping from traditional to digital. And mm -hmm. you, you may be one of the best examples of that because obviously you, you started drawing on a paper bag. I mean, it doesn't get more rough and traditional <laughs> than that, does it? <laughs> when did you when did you well when did you make that when when did you make that jump and what what made you decided it was it a long consideration period and how much did you feel you had to start over in order to get to understand it well i got into computers back in 95 i, I went crazy with computers i loved them i even learned how to build them and and fix them and, and everything uh, so that's another thing. I mean, I learned to do a lot of things at, at, at that time. It was probably, yeah, 95 around there. I also learned, I taught myself how to fix cars and how to fix the, fix the electrical systems in cars. And so I, I kind of did a little bit of everything. I, I even learned how to work, uh, you know, uh, remodeling rooms and houses and stuff like that. And so things I shouldn't be getting into because, <laughs> you know, I could, I could get hurt. You know, mm -hmm. uh, and I need this uh, hand to, to work with. So, but uh, the thing was that I I was in computers since then, and I was already delving in digital. But I would I would always do my work 
traditionally. So I got to the point where I started scanning in the work, as most people do, and, and this using the computer for coloring and maybe tweaking the picture a little bit. I stayed that way up until 2005. And I figured, okay, I need... I, I, I saw the potential. I saw the potential uh, for a long time, but and, and I had a Wacom tablet back in 98. It was my first one. But I still couldn't... I couldn't see myself doing completely everything with it. Um, aside from the fact that I, I didn't think Photoshop handled inking very well. I, I saw it as a bit of a drawback still. And to this day, I still don't think Photoshop's great for inking. Even I was about to say the same thing. Yeah. Uh, so um, I, uh, in 2005, I said, okay, because I bought myself the Intuos Force the 204 from Wacom, and it was much more responsive than the prior one. And I go, I, I need to take this to the next level because I need the, the, the efficiency that digital brings. I, I knew that it was going to really step up my, my workflow. And I go, but how am I going to do this? Because, you know, you feel awkward trying mm -hmm. to draw with the pad. I go, well, I'm, I'm going to sit down and master this thing. And uh, it took me about... I'd say about a, two weeks or so to fully master the thing. I wouldn't stop. I just kept going at it and going at it and going and practicing the, the lines. Because my method of drawing by hand, by, by traditional methods, is, is very, it's a little bit violent sometimes the way I throw lines. It's very fast. And I wouldn't get that response with Photoshop. It, the line would, would become kind of squarish when I'd make a curve if I went too fast. Mm. Then uh, uh, a Facebook friend... Uh, named Kevin, uh, his name, last name split, slips into it. He he's he's on he's in the group. Kevin uh, Phillips. Was, Kevin Phillips. There you go. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, he he was kind enough to steer me in the direction of uh, of uh, Manga Five. Which oh yeah, I he, had, tend, but I, he you know tends to does that. he tends to do that. He's really he, he's <laughs> really uh, he, he he helped me with Manga Five uh, with Manga as well, Manga Studios. Yeah, I I never considered. I had it sitting here, and I didn't consider using. It. I go well, you know, you know, what could this? I thought it was a vector program, and uh, you know, I, I had a, I had downloaded a, a trial, but I hadn't gone around to it yet. And he showed me what it did, and I saw the lines, and I go, wow! I go, all right, thanks for showing me that. That that's fantastic. I got to try this, and I did, and that just opened a whole new world for me. Once I saw the response, I mean, I could be I could be a promoter of this product, how much I've spoken about it and recommended it to people. Once I saw the response on that, it just blew me away. I go, this is what I've been looking for. So I sat down because right away it gave me the, it was like it was reading my mind. And I couldn't believe it. I go, this is beautiful. <laughs> my production stepped up a hundredfold. I could do storyboards in, in in probably less than half the time it used to that is awesome uh, yeah my inking i well at first you know it was a little shaky but then i i got that pat down and well you guys see you guys have seen where, where i've been able to reach up to yeah and uh, i guess that's my update until now that's how things have gone <laughs> that's improving great. little by little you know and uh cool. but hey you know clayton i gotta i gotta uh you know, 
also mention about your work, which is phenomenal. Uh, thanks, uh, Vince. Do you, do you, what do you use uh, for uh, for your inking and, and, and stuff like that? Yeah, same as you, uh, Vince. It's Manga Studio. That's what I use to draw up and lay in the foundations of the illustration before I go in with the inks. And I love the G-Pen tool in Manga Studio because it feels a lot like an actual pen, like you're working with it. And I don't know quite how they managed to achieve that. I think it's a little bit more than the brush, actually. Maybe it, there's a certain amount of latency that they apply to it or something like that but it does feel like feels like a sharp g pen that you're using to ink your work and i'm probably a little bit less fast than you are at it vince and that is one thing that i wanted to ask you about is how did you because all this all these things you've been talking about with the storyboards and your career in art and all the things that you've tried there's probably been a few advantages to that. One of them being that I'm sure you're able to draw pretty much anything at this point. So not just superheroes, but literally anything because of the amount of subject matter that you would have had to have gotten to know for all those jobs. But also beyond that, developing a highly optimized workflow in order to execute your things on time. How did you go about, I guess Manga Studio really did help you with a lot of that optimization, I mean, getting the work done in half the time, but how did you get used to the inking tools in Manga Studio and, and how long did it take? Because I feel like I've still got a lot of room for improvement as far as the amount of speed I've got. Like I'm very, you know, perfectionist and, and careful about it. And I'm sure that that's something that you've probably been forced to let go of in a way. Yeah, what... Don't worry about speed, you know, unless, you know, it, there's a particular job that doesn't give you much choice. But uh, if I developed speed, it was always, I was always demanding myself of that. And But, you know, if you can take your time and, and get the right line that you need, that's that's the important part. Awesome. Is, uh, if you get ahead of yourself, uh, sometimes you may not deliver the line that you want. And I think, you know, it, it's a drawback for us personally because we want to get those, you know, beautiful lines out. Hmm. And uh, I mean, I I thought it was a setback doing traditional having to scan it because then you have to clean it up and then you know fix things and stuff like that. With this, you get clean work right from the get go, and that's extremely important. Uh, but the first thing I tackled on Manga was the inks. I didn't even bother with anything else. That's that's it. Hmm. I just went straight for that. I yeah. I kind of fiddled with the pencil. And I go, okay, you know, I see what it does. I, I, that's no problem. I can come back to that later. I want to go to the inks. And I just went straight to it because the pencil also responds beautifully. Yeah, it does. The pencil is, is, is fantastic. And I, I go, well, with these two, this is, uh, this is it because I can do it, – it's also the manga has great flat coloring that you can do with it or, or whatever type of coloring. But I also bring it into Photoshop. I, I sometimes, depending on the texture, if I want to get a kind of a texture or painterly look, I go to Photoshop. But otherwise, if I want a full comic book look, I don't have to leave manga for anything. That's great. Uh, but, you know, to develop speed, if you want to develop more speed, just practice doing strokes, just, you know, one after the other, boom, 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 trying to get the lines you want, you know? Yeah. Uh, and, and shading techniques and... You just got to concentrate on one type of line or one type of shade that you want to achieve until it's just second nature to you. 
Yeah, and then awesome. I guess that could develop your speed. So, one, I mean, I'm sorry. Go ahead. One of my students actually told uh, told me recently when he started inking, he uses Manga Studio as well, or oh, as it's uh, as it is more more called now, clip clip art stu clip studio paint or something like that. Mm -hmm. I think that's the yeah. new name of it. But it's yeah. Mm -hmm. he, yeah, he, I bought he taught. He told me the way he, he learned how to how to draw faster with it and ink faster was basically find uh, find a pencil page on the internet by a professional that's out there that you can Google and that you can tell it's allowed to be uh, to be used for uh, just practicing inks on and not show to anyone because you can do that without them knowing after all. He he took he chose I think one with the. One by Ed McGuinness, who has really clean lines to begin with, so that was an easy one. And he started trading on that once every day. And he, he did it over and over again, and he continued to do it faster and faster until he, he, he developed the speed in order to move, uh, to draw, uh, draw in, the, in, the, in the speed he wanted to. Yeah, so that's basically doing it what that, it is. Doing it that way as well. If you if if you find just doing doing strokes on a white white uh, on a white background might seem too quote unquote boring for you for you. Uh, another way to do it is just find something on Google and then test it and then continue to ink that over and over again and feel that you get faster by doing that. Hmm. Absolutely, I totally agree. That's. There's different ways you can go about it, but that's basically, that's the general idea right there. Uh, mm -hmm. Fine lines that people tell me, you know, how can I, how can I draw hair like you? How, because I've become real popular with the hair. It <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. And I love, I love, I don't know why I got such a passion for drawing hair and the ladies. I love drawing women. Mm -hmm. uh, the, the thing I tell them is, look, because they, they think there's some kind of a magic button. I go, look, that doesn't come overnight. That's something you really got to practice and study. I had to sit down and break down. The one I went to that start, got me started on the hair was, uh, uh, was it Bruce Tim? Yes, Bruce Tim. Oh, yeah, he got I, some nice hair. Yeah, you see how the, the, I, I started with that because I, I noticed and I go, oh, I see. You see the division of colors. He, he lays these, he slaps on these. Uh, these thick patches of color to indicate darks and then he leaves the whites so I began with that I, I started building on that and uh, I mean I used to ink with brush and pen and, and stuff like that back in the old days and so I I, I already knew what I wanted in my lines uh, I just had to you know develop the technique with manga to 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 get it to behave the way I wanted to, and achieve that. The good part, after all, all my efforts is that I still get people that ask me if it's been inked traditionally or not. So that's a good step. I mean that that I can keep it looking traditional, because I don't like my drawings to look digitally. You know. Mm, that's the best compliment that you could get, huh? Um, oh, absolutely. <laughs> so, uh, Vince, I wanted to, to ask you as well, before we run out of time, I mean, I can't believe how fast these episodes go sometimes, but beyond the wow. storyboarding, um, I've seen some of your old comic book work. I think you posted a few pieces up before on the How to Draw Comics community, and 
Absolutely loved it, of course. But I also saw some pages from a Xenoscope story that you were working on. Are you still working on that? Are you planning on doing future work with them later on down the track? Well, no, I think that kind of fell apart. I was hoping it would go somewhere, but they put me on such a tight schedule. I don't know if you read my comments on the post that I made. Mm. Yeah, yeah, you... I, yeah, that it, it it took me to a whole new level of appreciation for comic book artists. Wow. Because I had to do 23 pages in 15 days and I was not given any description of characters. It would just say this girl, which is the main character, blah blah blah, and that's it. That's all I would get. So I had to make her up plus the other characters in the story. And uh, you know, you want to del- deliver quality work, but I go, I'm not going to be able to do this. Mm-hmm. I had to do the pencils and the inks in 15 days for 23 Wow. Pages. Yeah, in the end, I only got up to, I think it was page 16, and I I had to make a decision. Uh, you know, I had to tell the editor, look, and that's probably the best thing one can do, too. Mm-hmm. It's responsible. He told yeah. me, look, if you can't handle it, I go, don't worry. I have My ego is not on this. I, I want to deliver for you. But I, 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 had, to, I had to stop and tell him, look, uh, from, I can only make it up to page 16. Please bring in somebody, which he did. And they, finished, and they got someone who could match my style more or less and, and finish off the rest of the pages. Because I told him, I'm not going to be able to meet your deadline. And he appreciated that yeah. uh, because he was able to... to make ends meet by bringing in somebody else. He gave him time. I, I gave him enough time, and I always kept him up to date on everything. I was always touching base with him, letting him know. Mm. Uh, and, and the editors, appreciate, they appreciate that. Because some people leave them hanging. Yeah, you know? big time, which is the worst thing you could do, really. Yeah. But yeah. what worked against me there is that I wasn't able to... I didn't put out the quality I wanted. For me, it was a complete disaster, uh, unfortunately. Oh man, I'm and sorry to hear that. Yeah, you were really, you were really I questioning. Was about it. You were questioning yourself. I could tell by by all your input and updates you put both in the group and on your own page, and you you yeah, you spend a, you you spend a really hard time, long time looking inward and reconsidering every seemingly from <laughs> what I could read that you were reconsidering your whole life. <laughs> just by that, just by that little thing, because, and and it hits me now that I've talked to you that 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 maybe, with with how you've progressed and how you've been, in my view, lucky at at times in your life where you've gotten jobs and no, known the right people, maybe that was maybe your, in such an, I'm not calling you old, but late in your life. That was a really big slap in your face that many other artists would have gotten earlier in their life, if that makes any sense. Well, so that made it, yeah, yeah, it, that made it perhaps even harder for you because you have had so much lo- both luck slash success with what you've been doing and gotten to know the right people in your past that suddenly you got this and you, and that might have helped the slap in the face if if that makes any sense no absolutely yes total sense it makes total sense because it made me reevaluate comics altogether and 
the fact that maybe I don't want to do sequentials because my real love is to do covers. You know, that's that's what I've always wanted to do. I, I always thought to myself, I wonder if I could, if there is a chance of just doing com, you know, comic book covers. Is that a, until a few years ago I found out that, that you can do that, that they have artists for that. Oh, yep. Of course. Um, Mark yeah, Brooks, but... Mark, Mark Brooks, who, who he, he stepped down from doing sequentials, and he's doing only covers now, as far as far as I know, as an as an as an no, example. I... Yeah, no, and I noticed that this put it brought back the pressure of storyboards, uh, and I go, wow, I maybe if I did a page a day, I thought to myself at the beginning that I could, you know, but I was doing pencils and uh, inks. And it's something that I hadn't, you know, I was still rusty at doing sequentials. I mean, if I sat down with a lot more time, I could probably get much better results. But I thought to myself, okay, here I'm going to be under a timeline and a tight one. So I, I just pretty much slammed into a wall with that one. Mm-hmm. It, 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 it put everything uh, out of whack for me. And I go, okay, I got to stand back and reevaluate everything on this. Uh, do I really want to do comics? Does it pay enough for the amount of time and, and work that, that it requires? Because they generally don't. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes it's real tough to get well paid for these things. You have to have a lot of love. And I go, if this is the case, then I'll continue doing storyboards and, and, and just uh, do comic books on the side for myself. Maybe even self-publish. I don't know. Yeah, you know what, Vince? I think that is totally the way to go. And, you know, the thing is, with a lot of the comic books that we're seeing on the shelves these days, they're okay. The artwork is, you know, it's it's good enough to, I guess, call it done and, and to publish it. But you know what I don't see a lot of is the love and the passion in an independently created title, you know. And I think that really when it comes to the... And you would have come up in the game going through agencies, going through, you know, publishers and that kind of thing. But I think what we're seeing now is a a world of comic books that's changing where now there's more opportunity than ever for us to take it into our own hands, create the kind of stories and the kind of characters and comic books that we'd love and put them out on our own, take the time that we need to make something really special, like a gem, and and get it out there and you know what i think that people and and potential readers are going to see that in the work and they're just going to become hooked on it and i think really it'll be independent titles that take over the the industry by storm in the not too distant future oh well that's almost already happening the indie the indie scene is in in the lead when it comes to both sales and everything i mean I can't even remember the title, but I've heard so many stories about a comic that went from a mm. GoFundMe, and it went tri- and went triple what it wanted, what it needed yeah, to wow. be funded in a, in a matter of 24 hours. Yeah, totally. Because Vince, I couldn't yeah. I couldn't meet that deadline either. There is no way in the world that I could meet that deadline. So that that you were set with Xenoscope. So. I, I'm sitting here going, damn. Well, you know, if Vince Vince can't meet it, I definitely can't meet it. Um, but I don't think that's. Well, I thought you about from Jack Kirby comics. at that moment. If I, if I, if yeah. I could be Jack Kirby right now. No, <laughs> I was know? like, I was <laughs> like, I'm like thinking even Jack Kirby would be reconsiderate. <laughs> sure, I mean, wow. I 
Yeah, that was that was pretty insane for me. I I, I don't know, but I, I I agree with you, Clayton. The uh, the love that you can put into your own book is much greater than what you can actually do for a publisher per se, because you can actually you know it's for yourself to begin with, and mm. you can, you have much more control. And maybe even if you need a little more time, you could do that and actually deliver things the way you really envisioned it, you know, not, not having to hurry through it all because, uh, all they care about is just getting the book out, you know? And, yeah, um, absolutely. And really, I, I think, yep. Go, huh? go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Um, well, I was just thinking about, you know, what I really wanted to achieve with the, the HTDC comic book store is, um, you know, uh, maybe a new model someday where it's, it's further developed and, and you do see, independent artists or independent creators putting their comic books on there and and the brilliant thing about that is it's not like the traditional comic book publisher where you have a certain amount of titles and a certain amount of artists that you're putting out that you're, you're marketing but rather an endless amount of stories and artists who are putting out quality books and they're doing it on their own terms and I think that 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 just sounds so exciting to me you know, me and my, my brother Corey, we always talk about this. We're like, you know, when we when we jump into the comics and, and we actually really go ahead with it because I'm kind of focused on, on how to draw comics at the moment, but in the next few years I'd love to get into comics and we talk about, you know, we're going to bring a whole new standard of, of quality of artwork and it might take us a little bit longer, but I do feel yeah. like it's going to... I think it'll change the face of the industry to an extent if we can see artwork that hooks people in more because that's what comics are, right? They're a visual medium of, of storytelling. Mm -hmm. So the Absolutely. visuals matter. Yes, they, they certainly do. And uh, I, I believe you're right. I, I think uh, that can happen in, in the very near future. Um, mm. Whereas you guys are saying that, that the indies are going to grow in popularity. Maybe people are wanting to move beyond the typical uh, things that they they receive from the major publishers you know they want to they want something new and the great thing is that comics have thanks to the comic book films that are being made have gained such a, a huge popularity worldwide like never before yeah uh, that 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 opens up uh, a lot of, of uh, fields for us as artists you know to, yeah. I mean, to experiment with new things and everything yeah look I mean, look at look at. Uh, I think he he his uh, his his uh, thing is called Miller World. Uh, Mark Miller. It, he wrote Kick Ass uh, and and a lot of other titles. Oh. I mean, that's an indie. Okay. That's that was considered at first an indie as well, as far as I know. And look at how popular they got. Yeah, I mean, you don't. That, that's the the great thing is that it's unpredictable. Uh, you mm. have people out there that their books just took off out of you know nowhere, and all of a sudden Walking they're, they're dead. extremely popular. Yeah, they, that's another one that just exploded. I mean, uh, so that goes to show you that the possibilities are are, are endless uh, with with what could happen out there. Totally. And uh, well, I mean, and you know, I think it's, it's, I mean it's pretty exciting to be alive nowadays because we also have the technology on our side to do it. <laughs> Very true. And which was, and you know, Barton, I'm, I'm sorry to interrupt. There's a point you, you made, which I totally agree, uh, on, on the love aspect of, of, of the drawings in the comics. Uh, 
I also see, I also noted that uh, in today's comics is to me I'm not very excited with the majority of the things I see. Uh, that's why you see my work has a retro feel to it uh, mm. because it's what I grew up with. But to me, even though comics in those days were not as appreciated as today or as popular, let's say, the work had more of an artistic feel to it. There was more artistry put in. Mm. Uh, it, I mean, it was richer. It was there, was there was something about the older comics and, and drawings that I felt were a lot richer Nowadays, they feel a little more cold, uh, yeah. you know, in the way that they're drawn. It's I don't feel it. it. I don't feel that anymore, you know? Well, I, I so, think that's be that's because there's too many rules now, at least uh, in the big two. They put too many rules in around how, how, how to make a comic. And that that stops well, people from, from being, thinking outside the box. I, I think they didn't have that back then. And that takes away a little of the of the feel of love as, uh, and passion in the comics when you read them, also because it just just don't feel the, feel the same. There's a lack of freedom in it. Yeah, I mean, you know, the way I look at it is that a lot of these comics now, especially with the big publishers, they look like Disney animation drawings, right? There's no mm -hmm. deep shadows that often anymore. Uh, the majority of them, uh, some of them look even like mechanical drawings. You know, they're so cool. Very true. And, uh, you know, it, it, they may be also putting the, well, I mean, maybe that's what's popular. I don't know. I, I just like to continue following what I love to draw, the way I love to draw it. And I'm, I'm sure most artists want to in that respect, but I, I don't see it far-fetched that these companies would be saying, I want you to draw it in this style, or if you don't draw in this style, then we're not interested, which is what happens a lot. Uh, mm. I know that the image style was, was taken in by a lot of companies, and image was fantastic when it came out. I thought it was incredible, all the color and, and the quality of print and everything. But a lot of these artists today, or the, the work that they're either making them produce or that they are producing, to me is like the music industry. Uh, you know, everybody sounds the same. I can't tell who's who anymore. <laughs> Very you know, true. There's all these all these girls that sound like Mariah Carey. Well, who's who singing? I don't know. <laughs> but back in the old days, I could tell when it was John Buscema. I could tell when it was Barry Windsor Smith. Yeah. You know, I could tell when it was definitely tell when it was Jack Kirby, and the like. But I don't get that today. And it, to me, it's that's what's made it a bit cold for me. You know. Hmm. I, I can definitely like say, relate the, with that. The Indies could probably change. Yeah, the Indies could probably change that. Hopefully, <laughs> I, I think they will. And when you you know you brought up Image, I mean that's exactly what happened back then, wasn't it? You know you had the the, the status quo uh, and and a bunch of insanely talented artists decided to leave Marvel and DC, the big two, and start their own studio. Mm -hmm. and, and I think the reason that they were such a hit is because of the artwork. Like it was something that uh, you know was it had never been seen before it was like an action movie playing out on the page these beautiful colors and f fast paced line work it was incredible and i think that that's why you know image became so successful so fast you know they were huge when they first came yeah. out it was all over the news and i think that we're going to see another you know, gr grand reformation of the comic book industry at some point. I think it'll be it'll go down a similar path. 
because of what I we're talking so. about be, here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I really hope that happens. That'd be great. It'd be it'd be great to see that and hopefully be part of it. Yeah, and I I say that Vince because you know the reason I bring this up is because I I don't want you to give up on comic books just because of the Xenoscope thing, because you're so talented. I have seen your comic book work, even the work you did for that project. And it would be amazing for you to have the time, you know, two, three months, maybe more, to really put the love into a comic book or even a graphic novel, a story that you want to tell. I mean, I'd love to see that someday. Thanks. I, I, I'd like to, too. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if it'll happen, but, you, never you know, know, the right the things are coming for me. But, yeah, you never know. I, I, uh, I, I'm not going to let that get me down, no. but I, it, I do have to approach it differently next time. Definitely. Hopefully plan things out well enough where, where it can all work out appropriately and for both parties, you know, that I can deliver on time plus get something that's, at least satisfactory for me, or more than satisfactory, uh, as, as a piece of production work, you know? Certainly. But if, if I have to handle both pencils and inks, they, they're going to need to give me more time, or I'm, I'm going to have to tell them, look, I, I can't, because if not, I won't be coming through for you guys. Totally. That's it. Well, it, uh, it looks like we're, we're 10 minutes over the... Uh the typical time that we run these episodes to and uh, that's not a surprise for us at all because usually we we end up getting a little bit carried away um but i'm <laughs> thinking you know we'll, we'll cap it off here and and, and re- call it a wrap i think i mean there's been it's been an incredible chat rick have you got any other things you'd like to to leave it off with today well, yeah, I just want to say, want to say I'm really happy that you 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 came came around to Wins and had this talk because I've had so many questions I wanted to ask you. Even though even though I've spoken to and chat chat with you about it in in private messages here and there, I've always seen you as this really multi-talented person that that no one could, that one could only dream of dream of even getting close to as a look uh, resembling as in when it comes to your massive skills of being able to change styles almost on a whim and produce every every piece of art you put up it's almost almost like that's not that's that's a completely other artist that, that did that but it's not it's you because and you 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 would kind of kind of pointed that out earlier and that earlier on that you always seem to want to learn when they came to being electro electrics in the in cars and and all that as you talked about earlier and i think that's important if you don't want to just stick with one style and you want to and you and you want to do more than just one style you need to continue to have the need and want to and desire to learn new things and it sounds and that it sounds like it's been an easier thing for you to do because you had that passion and love for wanting to learn and i love that and that skill is easily seen in your art that your your willingness to learn have gotten you gotten you as far as you are and you you still got plenty of plenty of years ahead of you so i can only imagine what comes comes from you next what 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 other styles you you're wanting to learn? 
and what, what you're going to present to us. And I'm excited to see what you got for us in the future. Well, thank you, Rick. I'm very humbled by your kind words. I, uh, I really appreciate it, uh, what you've said. And uh, yeah, it, I, I, I hope to continue uh, with uh, experimenting in, in, in new venues uh, with my art. But that's the great thing about art that we can be thankful for is that uh, it never ends. Uh, there's always something new to learn and something exciting to uh, mm. to discover. So uh, hopefully I can share those things with you guys, uh, uh, hopefully way into the future if, if, uh, if God allows. And, uh, you know, we can we can see where we go with it. And I, I, likewise, I'd love to see what you guys do. And, and uh, Clayton, your your work, I, I'm very curious as to where you will further develop it because uh, I get super inspired when I see your stuff on there as well. Sometimes you post pencils that I, I'm just itching to ink, uh, you know, and I go, wow, if I, if I can find time to do this, I'm going to do it, you know? And, yeah. Uh, Thanks so much. I get guys. wrapped up in so many other things. And at the same time, I want to make new posts for people to see. And But keep up with what you're doing. You're doing incredible. You guys are doing fantastic work. Uh, on this site and, and with everyone. So I, I commend you guys for that. That's fantastic. Thanks Thank very you. much, Vince. I appreciate that. And, um, you know, well, likewise, man. Sorry. Thanks. Uh, one last thing I wanted, as I don't think I did, I wanted to thank Moti Friedman uh, for allowing us uh, this chance to uh, to talk and Definitely. Uh, cover, cover all this ground. I hope I didn't yap too much. <laughs> Not at know. all. That, Not that's at why you're... That's why you're here, Wins. You're here to yap. That's what we do. That's what we do. <laughs> I think I pretty much covered all the bases with you guys. And, uh, That's great. Hopefully, yeah. I can. Uh, hopefully, I can. We can repeat this again in the near future, and I'd yeah. love to share any new experiences with you. We'll definitely have to have you back. That's for sure. Thanks. It's it's been an absolute pleasure, Vince, and a long time coming. As I said before, we've. I mean, I feel like we've been seeing each other's work for a long time now, and if there's been one person on the list of uh, guest artists that we wanted to have onto the HTDC podcast, it's it's definitely been you. So it, it's it been an absolute awesome experience to finally get that opportunity, and I know that both Rick and I are very honored to have had you here on the show. Well, the honor is mine, guys. It's It's been wonderful. It's been a wonderful uh, trip with you guys, and I hope to do it again. I really do. Great. Well, thanks well, for that. Thanks very much. You're very welcome, Vince. Thanks so much for being here. And Rick, of course, thank you as always for being my trusty co-host. And to the listeners, thanks so much for sticking with us. It's, it's been awesome. Until next time, keep on creating. <laughs>